0: heard the leader of the opposition say that this budget was much to do about nothing. How do you respond to something like that? And what is your view of the budget you presented this year?
1: Well, let me say this. The pressures of inflation one would expect numerically speaking in absolute terms that there will be an increase in of the uh, the the size of the budget um, so that is one one point I like to make otherwise how would we then measure growth if there wasn't an increase then it would mean that we wouldn't be growing uh, so I think an increase is natural and normal because TCI undoubtedly has a growing economy right? so I think that Cannot be uh, that cannot be denied, um, and to the extent that those expenditure also, expenditure has also significantly increased, means that the reaction of the leader of opposition is obviously I, I would I would say it's it's got to be mischief making because it's very clear that uh, the allocation. Of the budget expenditure heads uh, speaks to the social uh, policies of government, um, you know, as it relates to, and and some of this will come out later uh, as other ministers speak, particularly the minister of education with responsibility for things like um, uh, the special needs, and you know, we have a funding in the budget to deal with su- supporting. Uh, families uh, in relationship to, to um, our most recently, increasing the minimum wage and trans transferring that or marrying that with a living wage as it relates to providing assistance uh, like daycare sent for daycare for, for younger uh, kids and all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, I think he's wrong. Well, I know he's wrong, the leader of the opposition I'm speaking to. But so there's natural growth in the um, in the budget based on inflation, and there's real growth as well. So I think the minister of finance did a fantastic job in setting out the drilling deep down and explaining exactly what uh, where the growth has taken place and how how the budget has been applied, you know, so I think he did a fantastic job.
0: Thank you so much, Honourable Premier. And we keep hearing, we, we discuss it with your ministers this morning as well, but the, the word on the street is that, yes, this is a huge budget, but how is it impacting the man on the street? What benefits can the average citizen expect?
1: Okay, well, you know, uh, I'm a slightly at a disadvantage because I haven't spoken yet and I don't necessarily you want pre-empt? to preempt yep. what I'm going to say but what I would say to the people of the Turks and Caicos Islands is that God has been faithful to us uh, He's blessed these islands, if we look around it's over a billion people uh, living in poverty uh, 250,000 people um uh, die every day 10,000 of them are children uh, and you know there are democracy deficit across the world right next door in Haiti I mean there's so much to be grateful for and and if you look at the history of this government what is the, the sort of a uh, support that families and individuals have been given. And you look at the level of infrastructure investment that we are making, and one has to look at it in terms of the entire chain of islands, rather rather than what is being done for my particular neighborhood. And yes, I understand that a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to go. Right? And yes, the pressure, this this pressure on the social contract that we've signed with people because uh, for the same reason that a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to go even two years ago, right? And so the government is trying to make make a difference by sub subventing or subsidizing certain basic uh, food items, other normal living expenditure um, some of which the Minister for Finance spoke to this morning. Um, But this this is an issue globally where economies are growing, uh, but the cost of living is increasing faster than the growth itself in some cases, again because of inflation, uh, price inflation, largely caused by global conflicts. and initially initiated through the pandemic that we have, are now emerging from. But when you look at the huge productive capacity of places like Ukraine, that is now restricted as a result of the war between Ukraine and Russia, they have huge supply chain issues. Food and more, a basket of food is now more expensive. Building materials are more expensive. Everything is, has increased. Uh, and so we have to find a way to make sure that the most vulnerable doesn't fall through the crack. And I think, uh, but I do think um, affordability is, will always be an issue. And I think our people have so much to be grateful for. I talked this morning about the song that is a favor of many people, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Morning by morning, it's mercies I see. You know, it's it just wish and you look at what is happening in other places. I just think we have to be careful not to frown in the face of our blessings. You know, and nothing, nothing. Everyone has to, yeah, regardless. Everyone who's living on a fixed income, including myself, right? We have to make sacrifices. You know.
2: Drink
3: yeah, um, Honourable Premier, I know this I know that we talk about the significant um, 417 million dollar budget. Uh, the Deputy Premier mentioned it's 100 million more than what they did prior to coming to government. But uh, were there, I mean, certain things that the government did to cause um, this projection, or is it just something that's happened naturally?
1: Well, I think obviously, um, I think it was James Cobble, and speaking to Judge Bush, I think it said that it's the economy's stupid, right? There's there's no doubt that the global economy, particularly the post COVID 19 in the Caribbean, and tourism industry has rebounded. TCI uh, has been at the forefront of that because we've had low infection rates. I think that. Both the previous administration and this administration did some great things in order to make sure that we could open early and safely, Uh, and, of course, uh, short of increasing taxes and and, and putting in new new, uh, forms of taxation, which we haven't done, it has been led by inward investment and inward investment uh, via tourism is a function of the confidence that an investor or the business community have in the government. So I would say that uh, the level of political risk in TCI is very low. Uh, We have a fairly, uh, despite the strictures that we have in delivering services because of the archaic nature of the systems that we have, we still have a very friendly, uh, open door policy to investment. We can—is it good enough? Can it get better? Yes, but I—I I think obviously uh, there's the, confidence in the government and people are investing money. Uh, 1.3 billion dollars in the pipeline, as the minister said. So you know that does say something. Mm-hmm. And that Okay. So my other question before um,
3: Mr. Jolly comes on, um, the Leader of the Opposition mentioned earlier while he was with us, he mentioned that um, there's no sources of new revenue in the budget. We're still relying a lot on tourism. He said if he were part of the government, we would have seen new sources of, of revenue stream. He would tell us the department heads that they must come back with you know revenue streams. Um, what do you say to something like that? You say we're just totally relying on tourism. Say if something happens like another pandemic, what, what do we have? Say $200 million we have in the bank, $100 million that's for salaries. Uh, what, what do you say to the people?
1: Well, I, I think that the opposition is highly disingenuous. Anyone who's read the FSPS is saying that for the last 12 years or maybe longer than that, probably 16 years, there's been uh, a, an item or a comment or a statement in the... FSPS that speaks to the broadening the tax base, and every administration kicked the can down the road. But what is required here is the, and I've said this openly, right? What is required, and what this government, either this term or the next, will do is look at how it could rationalize the system so that the burden of taxation is not placed on poor people. Right? There are a lot of people in this country who are not paying their way. We will not raise. There's no necessity, and it will be very bad policy rate taxation across the board, but he can't go to uh, to the senior public servants uh, or ministry um, accounting officer and ask them for a policy that will generate revenue. That is the, that is the business of the government, of ministers. We set policy, including revenue policy, right? and um, we have engaged with Tartax and the IMF to look at alternative forms of revenue. Our tax system, you have said it over and over again, is not progressive. It in fact is regressive because the, the, the person who's most affected by tax in this country is the wage owner, the working class, right? There are people who take home millions of dollars and all they pay is NIB and NHIP. Right? They don't even some of them don't even necessarily have to go to the supermarket to buy food because they may have their own way of importing their food. So we have to look at the entire system of revenue generation, right, which will ease the burden on the working man and woman of this country and generate more from those people who are making more. That is the system, that is the basic tenant of good tax policy. So you know, the leader of the opposition must connect the dots. It will be his responsibility, and he's had that opportunity in the last four years previous to this administration to introduce or advance or speak to uh, a, a revenue policy that would lift more revenue and diversify the economy. The things that we're doing is looking at how we can diversify the tourism product and plus and, and stratify it based on the geography ge- geography, and the kind of tourism we're looking to do. And that is why, we're f- in this budget, uh, we have an allocation made to start doing a feasibility study on the Spine Road to the Caicos Islands. I just came back from the United Kingdom and had a meeting, high-level meeting, with specialists to look at potentially making, looking at TCI as an arbitration center in the Caribbean. We set up invest uh, finance DCI. looking at how we can expand in that area. Right? So um, I said when I came to office, I didn't come into the the, the ordinary. We need to transform the economy into a modern economy, uh, and that is what we're working on. And we need to raise more revenue. Uh, I know we we are making a big deal about the 417 plus million dollars. Uh, but I believe we can do better, we should do better, and we're working to do better. Right? And that is going to require working on a number of fronts, including uh, doing a better job of um, compliance. Right? Um, once we have systems in place, uh, digital government or e-commerce in place, e-government in place, uh, it should we should be able to raise more. Uh, more, uh, do better with our compliance, even based on where we are at the moment, and we need to keep our eyes open so that uh, the consuming public, the business community, uh, don't find ways of skirting their responsibilities of paying tax or, or using loopholes to avoid certain payments. That is the job of the The compliance is the job of of technocrats. The policies necessary to put in place to raise additional revenue, that's the job of of government. That's the job of politicians, of ministers.
4: So, Honorable Mayor, thanks again for joining us. Um, The theme today has been, in my opinion, historic. Talked about a historic budget, historic revenue, historic expenditure, historic capital expenditure. Um, I said it earlier. I believe the true measure of a budget is how it ultimately impacts your people, primarily. It's just like your home budget, how you make money, how you spend it, it all should be geared about, geared and measured by how you're improving your life. There are individuals that would say an historic budget should equal an historic impact on the lives of Turks and Caicos Islanders, whether it's the cost of living or access to new opportunities. We touted real estate and you having a a vast history and experience in real estate, you would know quite well that you can have a real estate boom, but simultaneously have a real estate crisis. So there are Turks and Caicos Islanders right now, particularly young Turks and Caicos Islanders that don't have a clear pathway to owning land or owning a home. And in a country where we're particularly the minority in terms of numerically the minority in terms of the population, home ownership. Is such a significance. We've come a long way from where we had access to government land and uh, one piece of land for business, one piece of land for residential. So, has this historic budget m- taken a priority to directly impact how Turks and Caicos Islanders, in particular young Turks and Caicos Islanders, will see a clear path to how they will own a home in Turks and Caicos
1: someday? Thanks for the question. A very good one. Uh, you would have listened to the minister who indicated the increase in the Attorney General's, uh, the allocation to the Attorney General's ministry, let me call it, for the want of a better word. And a large part of that, he went through and uh, broke it down between the various departments, including land and surveys. Uh, we have just been able to, through negotiation with the United Kingdom, uh, come up with a whole new land policy, uh, and the only thing that's holding us back from implementing that now is to find the skills to do so. I've said over and over again, and that's why we've have putting special skills in the housing department. We have persons hired. We hiring additional persons because I've said over and over again, it is not in this day and age we shouldn't be giving people a piece of dirt. We should be giving them keys. We have $3 million in the current budget to start looking at how we could assist vulnerable people with repairs and all that kind of stuff. But we are working and will be working with contractors, financiers, uh, investors uh, um, to see how we could provide finished, developed communities. Uh, through. Right now it is um, We've moved away from a situation where you have to put your hand in a hat or whatever however the lottery it, system the lottery system mm-hmm. back to a system uh, where um, uh, Persons would qualify otherwise uh, to own a home, so including the ability for government to provide subsidies, that is taxation, we are doing that now, I mean you just heard the minister spoke to remission order of nearly a million dollars, where we've giving people breaks on, the, on transferring uh, titles, but that is fine, but people need to live, and we need, our people deserve to live in Finnish communities, proper roads, running water, electricity, cable, so that you have a key, and you don't have to struggle to live in an unfinished property for you know. So that's where we're going with that.
0: Honorable Premier, we we had um, a comment or comments this morning that we weren't grilling your ministers harshly enough. So um, the theme of, of this year's budget, um, delivering on the citizens' contract, achieving social Uh, economic and environmental progress for all. Is this theme based on the veracity of the document, or is it simply uh, you fulfilling political promises?
1: Well, uh, our manifesto, uh, in the manifesto, you would notice that I spoke, or the manifesto, speaks to triple bottom line sustainability. That means economic sustainability, (laughs) social sustainability, and environmental sustainability. Sometimes otherwise referred to as people, planet, and prosperity. Right? Those three Ps. People, planet, and prosperity. Right? As politicians, we are elected by people and we are supposed to represent people. Turks and Caicos Islands is a fragile ecosystem Right? And it has a limited carrying capacity. That's the environment, and everybody makes their living off the environment. I don't care what you do in this country; you're making your living off the environment because it's driven by, by tourism. Everything is around the, the fragility of the, ecosystem, whether it be the mangroves, the, the ocean, whether you're a lawyer, whether you are a street sweeper. Everybody makes it, and and also. The fragile social system that we live in, uh, and that is why we're addressing things like um, unplanned or informal settlements. That is why we set up the IPPC, Immigration uh, Popula- and Population Policy Commission, to look at how we can be, it, as a country that claims to be a Christian country and a democracy, it behoves us to focus on equity, right? Uh, okay, so if we're going to have a social balance that is sustainable, we need to pay attention to those issues, uh, to those people issues. Um, and in terms of the prosperity, yes, we need to have solid, sound fiscal responsibility but an incentives not only uh, for foreign investment but direct domestic investment, and we're we're, we're starting to do that. We have significant increase in the uptake and the grants are provided by InvestECI. We need to increase the amount that was provided, and we need to make it easier because there are two aspects of of, um, opportunities. One is making the opportunity available, and then one is facilitating the ability to make use of that opportunity. And so it's not just enough to create the opportunity, but you have an avenue where people can benefit from that opportunity. And those are some of the things we're working on. And it does take time. We have a system uh, that is limited capacity. Uh, We have some strictures. That means that water comes out of the pipe, to use it colloquially, slower than it ought to come out and so it takes longer sometimes to deliver certain things. Um, but yes, I think from where I sit and the measurement that I have been able to, to see, we are following our, the contract with the people. We may be behind in certain areas and in some areas we're actually slightly ahead.
0: Thank you so much, Honorable Premier. Um, listeners, viewers, we've been speaking to the Premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands, the Honorable C. Washington Music. Honorable Premier, we're looking forward to your contribution to Budget Debate 2023, and we wish you and your government, sir, all the very best. Thank you for yeah, joining uh, us.
1: Uh, thank you very much. I, I believe the Honorable Minister of Finance did an excellent job with the numbers. Uh, my contribution will be higher level speaking to policy issues uh, and um, some of the other points that the some of my colleagues may not uh, touch on, uh, you know, issues relating to our, uh, where we are with the constitutional advancement, uh, uh, where we are in terms of the, uh, our uh, uh, social development index and just speak generally on policy stuff, and um, what I don't want to do, and I speak before the Minister for Finance, what I don't want to do is to find myself (coughs) rebutting what the Leader of the Opposition said, because that is the role of the Minister for Finance. I want to make sure that I don't trample on his territory. This is his opportunity and I want to make sure that I'll, I stand back and that, let him uh, do what he is supposed to do. Thank right. you so much, Albert Maria.
0: Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. I hope Thank you. I was able to help.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. You. Uh, we just had the pleasure of having the Premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands, see Washington, right. well, here with us, um, giving us his insight into his budget and, again, repeating how historic it is in terms of, of everything that was mentioned. Um, we're gonna now speak to none other than the Minister of Health and Human Services. Um, you know, he's he's in his backyard here today. So, <laughs> so uh, we have the pleasure of having the Minister of Health and Human Services. Honorable Sean Malcolm, good afternoon. Welcome, thank you for joining us.
5: Good afternoon,
0: Cheryl, how are you doing?
5: Good, sir. Good afternoon, how are you doing?
0: Good, sir, good. Great. Now, in this budget, um, What are we expecting health to get out of this? And how's it going to benefit us? So what are some of the big projects that you're going to do in your ministry?
5: Well, um, Cheryl, I'm sure you heard the Minister of Finance articulated very well what will be placed, what is placed in the um, Ministry of Health budget, some 9% increase. And that is not by chance. As you know, um, as I always remind this country that this country elected us on one agenda of taking care of their social. The Premier just talked about the, the environmental and the economic needs. And I, I am um, blessed, I must say, to have, to, to have been entrusted to help push that social side of our agenda which health is a huge part of pushing that agenda. And so some of the big things and like the premier, I don't want to to preempt um, my presentation um, tomorrow when I'll have on my nice new four piece suit.
0: Oh okay.
5: Oh oh yeah, he will have all three, I'll have four. But um One of the the big things, um, and one have to remember, I've just been the minister for just a little past five months and getting my my head head around and looking where the most attention needs to be spent. And one of those big, big things that you will see focusing on um, in the Ministry of Health this financial year is the issue of treatment abroad and taking care of people's uh, social needs through their medical attention. I mean, um, I've met many issues that have been going back, uh, people have been dealing with for years. I've managed to clean up a lot of the, the, the mines, uh, the backlog, and still working. It's a work in progress, but um, um, treatment abroad is, is one area that um, you'll see a lot of changes on the horizon um, in, in the Ministry of
6: Health.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, Honourable Minister, because I had a question um, earlier sent to me and it said We're spending so much money on treatment abroad. Um, is it your intention as Minister of Health to demand that uh, Into Health Canada uh, has an ICU centre or is it that um, Turks and Caicos should think about buying its own air ambulance?
5: Well well um I what I what I would say to you on on that and thinking about the whole the big picture it certainly um has and it is on the cards. Um we are actually in talk has already commenced talks and and it's 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 very important because um the pandemic would have demonstrated clearly that if not a a three-level ICU unit definitely needs a one or two, and that is certainly part of my agenda um, for the next eight to ten years to make sure that um, our people uh, get completely where we reach the the stage. And I say eight to to, to four, um, eight to ten more years, because some people believe that everything happens overnight. Um, it's like a house. You can't just um, go, go to um, the, the roof. Sometimes you, got, you, you must start from the foundation. And so um, the needle has already begun to, to move um, in, in, in that direction.
3: So I know you say you haven't been there for five months, but can, can you share with us what you have done during your five months as the Minister of Health?
5: Well, well suddenly, as I said already, I have already commenced um, moving the, the needle on those issues with ICU. Um, I' have done a, so many um, um, fixed so many issues with our uh, people personal health and um, treatment abroad and Mr. Um, um, Seymour you will know um, that health is a very sacred, Sacred ministry. It is not a ministry that you can um, talk and, and boast about because it requires um, a lot of empathy. And when you're dealing with people, personal health, that is a sacred thing. But uh, I have suddenly, the people of this country are the true recipients of what I have done in the last five months, and, and uh, I will suddenly do more. Also, um, we have a serious crisis globally as it re- relates to recruiting um, um, health personnel, ex- uh, especially in the area of nurses and um, doctors. And as we now sit on the board of CAFA, I am a member on the board of director of CAFA, which is the, the Caribbean Health public health organization. Uh, one of the issues that we are working on for small island states, including the, um, the Turks and Caicos Islands, um, we are having a difficulty competing with um, the big nations like the United States, the UK, the European Union, Canada. Um, they are, they are in China. They are actually um, recruiting. They have upped their game. Um, with recruiting nurses and doctors, and and they are offering packages that we in small island state um, just cannot compete. But what are we are doing, um, we we are gathering in in Barbados in about two weeks. We have to come up with a comprehensive um, program how to retain our medical personnel within within the. Um, within our Caribbean uh, state, including the Turks and Caicos Island. So sometimes people say, well, ministers have traveled too much. But 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 the truth is we live in a global village. We are a part of international um, bodies that governs the way we do business or governs the way we manage health care, and, re- and and um, it's a part of the requirement. But th- that is, that's a, another focus. Okay. That I have for so, the last uh five months okay, and there's more, but let me let ask you all the questions well,
3: I, okay, so I hear you talking about the overseas medical treatment, all that stuff is good, but I believe our focus should be on prevent we should have we should you know we should be dealing with preventative measures because we don't want to wait until people to get too sick that they reach that stage where it may be too late. what measures? The Ministry of Health are putting in place um, to deal with prevent what preventative measures mm-hmm. well, are being put in place so that it doesn't reach a point where people get mm-hmm. too sick where we have to send people over abroad.
5: Well, um, um, uh, Mr. Seymour, one, uh, one of our greatest deficits that we have in the health care sector that I've met is the area of public health. Um, there were times when. When our people could walk down the road, I know here in Grant Turk, down to the dispensary, 6 a.m. in the morning, and pick up and grab a number, and and they can they can go and see their regular doctors, and and um, the primary health care system, because it is so lacking, and it's amazing, it's amazing. I'm always at all when the leader of the opposition get up to speak about health and he's the minister but the primary health care uh, fix is the fix because if we can get our people getting regular checkout, our children getting their regular checks then we don't have to revert to the we can prevent a lot of them having to go to the secondary because what's happening now that i intend to change over the next few years, is that when you uh when you show up because of the lack of having regular checks at the primary care, uh primary care level, when you show up at Tasha Hall. Most time whatever you're ailing with is too far gone because you didn't have the benefit of that regular checkup with your doctors.
3: So how are so, we gonna encourage people to get that regular checkup?
5: Well 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 we we'll, we'll, I one, mean what,
3: what what are we we'll, gonna put in place to encourage we'll, people to we'll, get that? First
5: of all, um, you will we all know there there are three primary health care um, um, clinics that is that is that is on the on the drawing board one. For Blue Hills, one in um, Cheshire Hall, and of course a major one here uh, in in Grand Tur, North and Middle Cakers, uh, and South Cakers. While there are, are a few more things need to be added, including more um, um, healthcare practitioners in those clinics. They are more advanced, and so so one of the areas I'm focusing on is is building the state of the art. Um, primary health clinics so we can begin to have our people can begin to have those regular checks which will uh, prevent um, them to having um, reaching at, at the secondary level at such a critical state
0: Thank you so much Honorable Minister mm-hmm. um, Listeners, viewers, we've been talking to the Minister of Health and Human Services mm-hmm. Um Son of this lawyer, <laughs> which we stand on now. Oh. Um, he's a Grand Turk <laughs> No, boy. I'm from Baxilina, from right here. <laughs> That's right. Honorable Minister, thank you so much. Shivaga um, didn't get a chance to ask you any questions, it's, but I you hope have an open invitation to First Edition, because uh-huh. we haven't had you on as a guest yet, so uh-huh. there's an open invitation to appear on First Edition. It's the number one talk show on Radio Turks
2: and Hayworth. Well,
5: Sharon, well, well, you, well, you know I'm not afraid of any... So on Monday... I will be on expression uh-huh. so they can get out their bat and their ball and get ready.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Honorable Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much. Listeners, viewers, you just heard from the Minister of Health and Human Services, the Honorable Sean D. Malcolm. Um, and we've been talking about what's in the budget for health and how it's going to benefit our people. We're going to welcome now to, to our set the Minister of Education, none other than the Honorable Rachel Taylor. Honorable Minister, good afternoon. Welcome. You're looking like a doll baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Honorable Minister. Thank you. Um, so we've been talking about the, the budget, this historic budget, budget um, 2023. Um, what new initiatives are we going to see come out of this budget in terms of education? How are you going to educate our, our Turks and Caicos Islanders and make sure that we have this this um, think tank and this... this um, Brain here in our islands.
6: Um, thank you very much, um, Cheryl. And I want to say first to say thank you very much. This is, I think, this is the first time in history this has been done.
7: You know, oh, I don't know. So
6: I, I, I it's, I'm so grateful because, um, okay, he's saying that no, this is not the first time, but I must say this is the first time I'm seeing it. And I just want to say congratulations to each of you, you. for
3: um, being here and, and not, for and not getting, us. And we're not getting paid for this.
6: That's better. That's even better.
3: Now, just you. We based are. on
6: what you your question posed in terms of what is going to happen for the Ministry of Education. Now you know my portfolio is Ministry of Education, Youth, Sports, and Social Services. But indeed, um, we have been able to secure funding in the budget one to address the special needs education. Now, we know that we have a building already that is the old, I should say, the former Kalita building. Mm -hmm. So that building will be renovated to accommodate our special needs unit. I am so grateful that um, special needs has been placed under the remit of the Ministry of Education. So now we no longer have to compete for human resources. Mm -hmm. So currently we have the speech and language pathologist that came over from the Ministry of Health we have our Ed Psych, the education psychologist, that will transition over to the building. We have funding already budgeted for the um, audiologist, as well as a behavioralist. Now, so those skill sets will be coming over, as well as uh, six teachers, particularly in the area of autism. Because based on the data that's being presented to us, we realize that many of our students have challenges in that area in relation to special needs. So we are going to take a holistic approach to deal with the challenges that special needs need. Now, some persons may say, okay, what is going to happen for the other islands? But we are going to ensure that the person who will be responsible for special needs is someone who knows about special needs in its entirety, not just the teaching aspect of it, okay, but the health aspect of it as well. So we are going to ensure that... um, special needs is giving the attention that it needs. Now, persons may say, okay, this is your second year, going into your third year, why now? Why now, because if I did not have the special needs unit under my remit, then I wouldn't have been able to make such bold steps because actually special needs fell under the remit of the Ministry of Health. So I'm so grateful for that. Now, we may see a delay. We really want to push for September, fingers being crossed. But um, we are looking for before this, this year finishes. So before December, we will have that special needs unit. And we will be calendar, making sure that there is a calendar to address the sharing of the resources. And I also must say that there are going to be times when the Ministry of Health may need to rely on those resources. They will also be available. But that's what we are going to do for our students in relation to special needs
3: so now, i hang on, Draco, okay
6: one
0: moment, please, while she's still on this role mm-hmm. um we saw you recently at the Crypto games in the bahamas it's been some 16 years since we hosted Crypto. when are we going to bid again Honorable Minister?
6: Uh, actually i really wanted to bid for this i mean for next year but then when i think about the prioritization of my various projects I was a bit reluctant. And not only that, it also gave me an opportunity because in this budget, you would see where we have our aquatic pool being budgeted for. So I must say that it wouldn't be next year, neither the following year, because at the last character, they had the two countries who bid for next year and the following year. So definitely after that, we'll be ready, we'll be ready. So we'll be able to host the, the field events as well as the, the, the swimming mm-hmm. events. Woo-hoo. You know, we're just being proactive and, you know, making okay. sure that everything is in place.
3: So, I know you talk about special needs, and I, I saw a mother the other day put something on Facebook about how they used to have this special needs center in Grand Turk, where they, you know, because they need a break. It's, yeah. it's, it's a challenge, you know, having to deal with with children in general. Yeah. But when you have special needs, it's even more challenging. Um, you focus on the provo, and you say about the other islands. For the people of Grand Turk, is there a plan to also have a uh, facility um, on, on Grand Turk. That's my first question. And my second question, you've been now in power for two years. What have you done for the people of Five Keys?
6: Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for that. I, I really like the questions because, you know, I love tough questions. <laughs> okay, now, um, thank you for that. Now, in terms of Grant Turk, looking at our data, data is critical when we're going to make any decision so, looking at the data, what we realise, instead of us having that, because actually the previous administration wanted the facility in Grand Turk, but the need is greater on the, the Providencia So, what we will be doing in September is we're going to ensure that there is an arm of special needs at the um, Clinton, Eliza Simons Primary. It's, there is one currently at Una Glinton. So, based on the information that we have in the data. We will see that we see that there is a need for an additional arm um, of special needs at the Eliza Simons Primary, of which we'll be able to accommodate those additional four students who are currently not receiving uh, their attention. Now, but we, I must say that, as I mentioned previously, we will be rece- um, sharing our resources. Now, in terms of. Uh, what else? What's the other question apart oh, from Five Keys? keys. What I have you done for Five
3: one. Keys? No, that was it. And, okay, and what's, what's Okay. What's great. Now,
6: it? in terms of what have I done for the constituency of Five Keys, and I must say, when we look at the budget, we take a holistic approach as to how we're going to impact the various constituencies. And, you know, as a minister for education, so I had to tell myself you can't be selfish. You can't. And uh, I must say this right now, Draxon, and I have no apologies for it. In the last cabinet meeting, I was a bit really upset because I was not going to get the funding for H.J. Robinson grounds. Now, we know what happens during a hurricane. We know what happens when it rains heavily on the island of Granta. Students can't go to school or they can't transition from one class to the next because the place is flooded. So what happened? I fought. I fought and I said, another member said to me, you forgot you um, promised the people a fishing house? And then I thought about it, and I said, okay, minister, make the honest decision. And I decided to say, put that money back for Grand Turk. Put it back for Grand Turk, because it would just not unpack um, the students, but it also unpack those families who come over to the hurricane shelter whenever there was a hurricane. But I can say to you, there's a supplementary budget coming up, and there's another budget, and I can guarantee you five keys will get what what I promised. But I also want to say that I am a person who really believes heavily in partnership. So I have already procured two buses for the elderly. I, I campaigned on that, ensuring that our elderly is provided with an opportunity to get free access to the clinics or wherever. So we have two of those um, wheelchair accessible. Not only that, I really campaigned on the Felix Moni Community Center. And I really was expecting that it would have been completed now in terms of the renovations, but it will be completed before June. Now, we need to provide an outlet for our children so that they can be involved and engaged. So what we will be having there, we'll have computer classes. We'll have English, literacy, and numeracy classes because what we realize is that some of our students have completed school. Some of them are currently on the job, but they need those skills to be built. We also have a dance um, room, um, complete dance room. Actually, the floor is being laid now. The glass is now in, and we also have a boxing ring. Okay, so the interior of the community center will be like a boxing gym Um, and all the other sporting activities. Because you remember now, I have decided to make a bold decision to put Phillips Morley Community Center under the remit of sports because I know that the different programs will be injected. It will be less burden for me as the MP for that constituency. So we will see a lot of programs, a lot of mentorship programs. Because as a matter of fact, the youth department is taking up 25%. Of the community centre to run their programs. Now, as it relates to Inner Cape and Primary School, many of you would have seen, although it was from started with the previous administration, but we have completed the new block at the Inner Cape and Primary School. It has really enhanced uh, um, the entire surroundings. And uh, another thing we ha- we have done, I don't want to say just five keys, but five keys constituency. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of Sapadella Bay Beach, we all know what the challenge is. So definitely, there is money that's in the budget for the parking area as well as toilet, additional toilets for that area. But I also must say that in this budget, it may not be spelled out, but there's roads, so sidewalks will be coming for Chalk Sound um um in, within this budget, and um yeah,
0: that Drax, you're getting
6: something. Yes, they are getting something. Well, I getting
3: I, it? I have to wait until I see
6: it. Yes, right. But I, have I mean, to leave until I see it. No, but Drax, I like how you said that because when the um, Deputy Premier finishes his speech, I said that it was a great speech, but the people will really want to feel it. Yes. So I like how we end. You know, he just didn't talk to ministers, but he also talked to civil servants. We have to play our role and ensure that these projects are delivered in a timely manner now and another thing too okay because no, no, i really no, 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 want to talk about the turks and caicos and I, islands community college but before you go let me talk about the community college <laughs> now we have done a whole lot in terms of the, or, the organizational structure of the community college and if i've achieved anything i'm so pleased for that we have the manpower because as turks and caicos islanders we always have a tendency to criticize we criticize the community college but if the manpower was not in place, then they could not achieve much. So that is now in place with quality assurance, a new CFO, a new principal. Um, we also have a curriculum planner. Um, th- th- the works. But we also have a new facility. Mm-hmm. A new facility where the all, I say it like this. Where the old club pillars used to be. Now, we have just finished phase one. And Drax, I'll definitely invite you to the opening ceremony for phase one. Oh, it's finished, actually. It's finished. So (laughs) we just don't want to open it right now because budget is taking place. But what we have done, too, we have looked at developing our TVAD program okay, to really fill the skill gaps of the Turks and Caicos Islands. And Trax, you'll be surprised to know that we are not just offering programs to our students who have just completed or our lifelong learners, but in the summertime, we'll be offering programs to grades from 3, from 4, and from 5. Um, technology, you know...
4: Um, Vocational, yeah.
6: You,
4: you know, tax, we got it. <laughs> so I'll, I will be very quick. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll definitely have to have you on Radio Turks and Cake is number one radio show, first edition, because obviously when it comes to education, youth, and sports, we can That's go on. Him, but she she did know, my... Uh, we can't can go on forever when we talk yeah. about... The, okay. I have questions for you about modernizing the curriculum... And talking about including cultural and, yeah. and, and actual uh, things kids encounter in real life about how to pay their bills, how to register for N.I.B. and all these other things like that. Yeah. But I just want to highlight one thing. We, we bring politicians or elected officials into this position and we ask them what have they done. And sometimes we have to pause and actually give them a chance to answer. So that's why I hesitated, because we asked her, what has she done for community? what has she done minister, and she was ready. You don't always get that. She ran through her list, and then as it came to her, she kept going. So I don't want to rob the minister of that, so I'll be brief. But just keeping it on the budget, I'll be very, very quick. The DP, the minister of finance, kept... Well, the theme has been historic. Historic budget, historic expenditure, historic revenue, historic CapEx. And uh, my response has always been if it's historic budget, then it should be historic improvement for Turks and Caicos Islanders people. And just on the CapEx side of that, it's um, astronomical numbers in comparison to previous budgets in terms of CapEx expenditure. So you went. Through the list, and you talked about the special needs facility and the old uh, uh, Bishop uh, Williams, and sports, um, the, yeah, yeah, the, the sports facility, challenge. and then we talk yeah. about the new building, the old Club hills. So, is there anything in terms of capex expenditure that you wanted to quickly point out in this budget in the thirty seconds we I have? No, yo, yo,
6: you had to be in San for a while because you knew I wanted two more minutes. <laughs> so, so <laughs> as the Minister of Labor, you know, I just gave up that um, portfolio. The beginning of January but I was responsible for the introduction of the living wage so instead of looking at the minimum wage we look at the living wage which factored in after school programs and our after school programs were taken to consideration sports music culture financial literacy yes So all those programs that will help to build the overall development of a child. Because we know that some students are not all academically inclined. So we're providing an opportunity for their talents and their skills to be um, improved. And, of course, I must talk about the daycare center. Now, I campaigned on this. So you know what I did, Jax? I actually campaigned to say, "Fine, Geese, I'm going to bring daycare center to the community center. But then, you know, it was not... Um, you know, what can I say, selfish. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do it nationally.
2: Mm-hmm. So
6: we're doing free daycare. So we're going to start wow. with a pilot program for about a hundred and fifty belongers only. This September.
4: This September. big deal.
6: That's a big deal. So when you sometimes when we think about what you do for your constituency, some people look at the things that you can touch, like yeah. a building. Yeah. But you know, I try to encompass everything and figure out to myself as the minister. You've put this in my hand. What is best for the people? So I'm quite sure that there are going to be parents who won't have to pay that daycare. They don't have to worry about that babysitter staying at home Mm -hmm. or having to start from 2.30 to 5. Because they can pick up their children from home. Mm -hmm. So that is progress in itself.
0: Um, Thank thank you you so much, Honorable Minister. Shibago, I mean, you said how prepared and articulate she was. After all, she's a woman. What did you expect? Yes, ma'am. I agree. Um, agree. Minister of (laughs) Education, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much, and um, thanks for the job
6: well done. And thank you. There are lots more to hear, so I'll talk about that in my budget speech. But Although I'm limited to 30 minutes, I'll try to narrow it (laughs) down. Thank Thank you, you,
0: Honorable Minister. Listeners?
4: We're... I think we're just going to take a quick two minute break and then we will be right back with our next uh, guest. I'm not sure who it is. I think it's the Honorable Minister of Tourism. So we're just going to take a break. We'll be right back, Turks and Kegis.
7: Mental Health Awareness Month, and there's a celebration going on. A celebration of changing attitudes and mindsets towards mental health. The Department of Mental Health kicks off its month of activities with a luncheon and panel discussion on May 5th, 12pm to 2pm at the Shore Club. Meet our stigma fighters and join the discussion on the struggles and triumphs of these fascinating mental health stories. On May 12th, we paint the town green in celebration of mental health. Set a reminder to wear your green along with us. Listen out for our new jingles and mental health tips throughout the month. You can start now. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. Seek treatment if you're feeling overwhelmed. Check on your friends and family members. Be a listening ear for someone in need. Talk about mental health. The more we talk, the more we realize just how normal it is. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month.
0: having the Minister for Tourism, the Honorable Josephine Connolly here with us. Good afternoon, Honorable Connolly. Thank you so much for joining us.
8: Good afternoon to you both. It's a pleasure to be here. I know it's long coming, Mm -hmm. but you got me now.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. So um, we we kept asking ministers and we heard the D.P. and Minister of Finance talk about this historic budget, historic revenues, historic capital expenditure, historic... um, projects and infrastructure and all sorts of things. He, he says this budget was historic all around. Yeah. What is in this budget for tourism that is going to impact the man on the street?
8: We have so much in this budget for tourism. But before I get into that, I want to say how hard we work as a team. We realize that we promised the people so many things in our manifesto that we have to deliver. And from the time we came in, we were doing something different every year for our people. For me, I have just over $18 million in my budget for this year. Um, the DMO is over $2 million, and I have some capital projects. I'm sure North Cake is going to feel very happy because we are going to refurbish... Um, um, two areas, the, the uh, Bambara Beach and the Horse Table Beach. We're also going to be setting up for the first time a veterinary clinic here in Grand Turk so that we are able to deal with our animals. Also, I want to say to you that I am going to be, or we are going to be opening the first um, lab at the fisheries lab in Providencialis and that will take place on Tuesday I believe it's the 28th next Tuesday Mm -hmm. we are going to be opening the first lab and this will this lab will help us um, with the growth of every species that we can find in the ocean and it will also help us to tell the age and this is the only lab in the overseas territory so we are going to reach out to our brothers and sisters and we are going to assist them should they have any issues, you know, and want to know any more about um, the fish.
0: That too is going to be
8: historic. Mm-hmm. It is historic. <laughs> yeah. But let me say, you know, it started some three years ago, so I'm finishing it.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Oh, I the closer, huh? <laughs> yes, I'm the
4: closer. <laughs> Call you in when time to finish things.
0: <laughs> well, honorable Mr., um, let let's get rid of the elephant in the room. Yes. We've heard so many comments, so many opinions about this DMO. And we had a comment earlier come to us. It said, um, yes, the, the PNP in its citizens' contract mentioned the formation of a DMO, but there's nothing in the citizens' contract that mentions, that mentions dismantling the tourist board. How do you justify that?
8: Well, the, the mandate of the tourist board is just marketing. And as you know, the world is moving And tourism is our main industry. Tourism is our oil. Build the roads, the schools, and everything else that we have here. And um, everything we do in tourism, um, everything we do in the Turks and Caicos, uh, is derived from tourism. And 80% of our GDP is from tourism. And if you add construction, you're looking at some 90%. So tourism is our main industry. And we're doing so well, we have to sustain what we have. And that comes with collaboration and partnership. So that's the reason.
0: And um, the the leader of the opposition mentioned diversification of the revenue. You just mentioned that tourism is our mainstay. Do you feel pressured in any way to really perform then in this area?
8: I feel really pressured. (laughs) I mean, I I was at a conference in um, Barbados last week the Caribbean Hotel Association's conference And I had to I spoke about this And I spoke about it passionately And I got the thumbs up from everybody Especially when the Prime Minister spoke about We should be We shouldn't be takers We should be shakers of your own country That really resonated with me For what I'm doing here now And I know I'm doing the right thing
4: Historic, historic, historic! Look at this government trying to make their reign historic. So, we've seen uh, the the institution or the instituting of the DMO, which in itself is a historic measure.
2: Yes.
4: And you talk about some of the historic um, goals that are going to take place. You can't have history without culture. Yes. My question is, with the significant amount of money that we're going to spend in this budget. And with the instituting of the DMO, what measures can we hope to take, especially you being originally from one of the other islands, Salt Key, which is just rich in natural history, and and me being from Syracuse and Cheryl being from the nation's capital. We understand how important history is to the development of our young people and the pride associated with Turks and Caicos. How do we make sure with the... Expected growth from the DMO and all these huge changes we can expect in terms of marketing and promoting tourism. How do we make sure that culture is side by side with all of this?
8: One thing I can say to you um, is that the DMO is all inclusive. The Mm -hmm. DMO is inclusive. And one of the things that we have um, added to the DMO is that every country will be represented. Mm-hmm. That's important for every country. At the moment, we are, everybody talk about Providenciales mm-hmm. and what we're doing in Providenciales, And we are working with um, uh, with all the stakeholders, including those, Solki. Uh, Solki will have a representative. Brandok will have a representative. Providencialists, South cakes we will all have representatives.
4: The, all with the DMO, inside the yes, DMO. Yes,
8: inside awesome. the DMO. Amazing. So everybody will come to the table. And and uh, make sure that each country is represented, and we're doing what we're supposed to do.
4: Mm-hmm. So, will the culture department work with the uh, with the DMO or the
8: cultural department will be working along with the DMO? Mm-hmm
0: going to stick with that. I'm going to piggyback on Shivago's question, Honorable Minister. Um, I also heard the comment a few weeks ago that we need to do more to attract Turks and Caicos Islanders to participate in McCartney Day. mention was made of the historic people who were out, the numbers of, of people that were out to see the prince when he was here, and that we don't seem to get that same sort mm-hmm. of reception for McCartney Day. What is your ministry doing to ensure that we take more pride? In in our first national hero.
8: I agree with that, and you will see a difference um, this time. Mm -hmm. We are putting different, we are adding a few more things um, to the McCartney Day and, you know, to make it a more memorable one or Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. that you would remember for the rest of your life. But Mm -hmm. we are adding something extra this time, so you will see.
0: We've seen lots of flyers already, as yes, yes. you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of little flyers coming yes. out with facts. And-
8: yes, the culture department doing a very good job yeah. in enhancing what, you know, the Jags day. Yeah, Shibata? Go ahead,
0: go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was waiting for you.
4: So, uh, well, you know me, I'm big on the culture. So my question now, I was we didn't get a chance to talk to the Honorable Taylor about it because I guess it would tie into education, but with the, again, we talk about increased budget departments, small departments like the Department of Culture that also carry a lot of weight and influence in terms of, of, of how how much pride Turks and Caicos have in the Turks and Caicos. Can we expect them to receive some of this finance, improve in resources, and then be able to utilize it by instituting more of the culture in schools, with the teachers, in private sector? Will they get some of this money?
8: They will. Um, we have just over $5 million, and they are part of it. And I, I can say that um, a month ago, we partnered with the schools. Um, the director of culture had an educational session with mm-hmm. all the teachers, and that went on. That went a long way. Mm-hmm. She also brought in the Ripsaw. The Ripsaw is part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And Seuss came down and see, Seuss taught the teachers how to... Do the Mm ripsaw. And um, Edric Smith came down and he talked about the guitar. Mm -hmm. So we are getting there.
0: And and you mentioned Seuss, Honorable Minister. We know that on Saturday he gets one of our patriotic awards. Yes. How proud are you of him for for this contribution? The
4: most honorable.
8: I am very proud of Seuss. He's been my neighbor when I lived in um, Salky Town. So I know the family. I'm a good friend of the family and I watch Seuss. Um, from the time he was a little boy up until now, and I'm so proud of his, his, of his achievements. And he's going to go places, because um, I'm hoping to take him with me someday. Oh, good. To, uh, awesome. Yes. Don't
0: forget you got a PR team here yeah. Yes, as well.
8: All right. Take <laughs> the culture.
0: Well, we don't want our minister to, to perspire too much here. Minister, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're looking forward to your contribution to the budget debate um, sometime tomorrow or the next day, and um,
8: we wish you well. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Minister. So we've just got through speaking to the Minister of Tourism, um, the Honorable Josephine Connolly. Um, you heard Honorable Colony's uh, plans for tourism and um, all her expectations and goals, and we're looking forward to great things in the um, from the Ministry of Tourism.
4: Yeah? Absolutely. I'm not sure if she was our final guest, but I think um, today... Many of the ministers, I don't want to single anyone out, but many of the ministers, I think, did a great job without preempting. Obviously, they have their budget contributions coming up without preempting, but talking about what they went into hoping to achieve from this budget Mm -hmm. and and what we can expect. But again, um, I think our colleague from the third rated show on RTC said it best when he said, "I, I, I I have to wait to see action. So we're again we're touting a historic budget, like you said, a historic expenditure, mm-hmm. historic revenue, historic yeah. capex. I want to see historic results. I want Turks and Caicos Islanders to say that we receive historic benefits from this historic budget. Otherwise, it means nothing. Yeah. We talk about record numbers in real estate. It means nothing if young people. Not won- Little right, yeah, if you're, Absolutely. You're, if you're a, a young Turks Islander right now, you have no idea how you're going to own a home. Whether now or 20 years from now, the cost of real estate is going through the roof. It's not geared for you. So if we can't take this 400 dollars of revenue and turn that into homes for young Turks and that they can own in their own country, then to me, I, I, I don't want to hear anything else about it.
0: We also ha- heard today, too, another historic where the Deputy Premier kept mentioning um, historic thought leadership, which for me um, signaled that a lot of thought and planning and analysis Mm -hmm. went into this budget. Mm -hmm. So um, while the next few days unfold, Mm -hmm. we're hoping to to feel and see and hear more of that and for them to put it in layman's terms so that the average Turks and Caicos Islander knows what he or she can expect and what sort of benefits he or she is going to get.
4: I couldn't have said it better myself, Cheryl. Um, It needs to be explained in terms of how the beneficiary can understand it. So I encourage Turks and Caicos, and Islanders, those that are listening now, those that will eventually hear this in a recording, make sure you listen to the budget. I mean, these are people that have come and asked for your vote before. These are people you're going to see in the street. And in sometimes, like they're going to come and ask for your vote again. And you're going to have conversations with them about promises they made. Some were kept, some weren't. And, and the actions that were taken and whether you feel like it ultimately benefited you. Um, Drexel talked about deliverables and this being a budget of, of deliverables. So in a few years, in a few days, we're going to hear him talk about more, about it, but even in a few years, we're going to see how much actually came out of these very expensive promises.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important. Um, someone said to us um, a few hours ago that... This is our money. Yes. We ought to know how it's being Absolutely. spent. Absolutely, We should have some say in how it's being spent. Absolutely. Uh, so we're looking forward to the projects and what comes out of but this budget.
4: I think the the leader of the opposition caught quite a bit of shade. Um, some of it was fair in terms of what they said about the picture, but then some of it wasn't when they talked about him sharing information that came out of the perpetuation committee. This is a public meeting. Yeah. This information is public, and it's yeah. our money. Yeah. So him taking an interest in how this money is being spent and having an opinion is literally what we pay him to do yeah. he's paid from our tax dollars mm-hmm. so his job is to literally ask questions and critique whether it seems political or not yeah. what are, his motivation as well as is
0: nothing. His Ab- absolutely
4: yeah. absolutely so he i think it's important that he has a role to play the minister of finance obviously has a role to play but i think everyone is doing um I won't say everyone, but there are many that are doing a good job, and I think they all represented themselves, their parties, and their community yeah. as well.
2: And,
0: and we just like to remind you, Turks and Caicos, that the document is a public document. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget is a public document, and um, as soon as it is um, passed... yes. Um, it should be and available be for, for yes. everybody to get a chance to look at and to scrutinize. Uh, we've had a great time.
4: Absolutely. Listen, before we go, I want to say thank you for, to RTC. Thank you, I think, to Premier's, Premier's office. office yeah. Thank you to the technical team with Spotlight, Tristan and Andre. Thank you, Kirkley, from the Premier's office. I was office. About to say, don't forget cut, no, The camera will cut <laughs> off if I don't. Uh, thank you thank and all these guys for making this happen. This, I know it has happened before, but in this day and I think it's such a great um, event, and I think you and I—I'm so happy to be a part of it. I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone other than you. I could have not done it with Drexel, but that's fine. Aww. But I, I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone else. And I think these things are important. This will go down in history, and we need to up the level of things like this for our country. We want to restore that kind of national pride. I want our people to expect this kind of coverage from their budget and everything else. It might cost a little bit of money, time, and resources, but as Turks and Caicos we need to feel like we deserve these, these, this kind of production every time.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say ditto, ditto, ditto <laughs> to everything that Shivago just said and, and um, of course, um, echo his sentiments and thanks to our team here today. We wish we could say we'd be here all week. Well, we can't, um, but we enjoy being with you uh, today. Um, I'm Cheryl Ann Foreman, wishing you a good afternoon.
4: And I am Shivaga Charlie from the number one rated show in Radio Turks and Cakes, the Turks and Cakes first edition team here bringing you budget, commentary, and coverage 2023-2024. Thank you, Turks and Cakes. Thank
2: you. (laughs)